Hello, everyone. You are listening to My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts, and and I'm coming to you all in the airwaves with a heavy heart. Like, I don't got no production. I don't got no music. I don't got none of that, no intro for my daughter. I mean, this is just me coming to you all and, and giving you all real talk and um, being transparent and just talking my heart sharing my heart with you all as to what's going on and what's been happening these past few days, which has been centered around the loss of Kobe Bryant in a tragic accident that killed nine people, including his daughter, Gigi or Gianna um, Bryant, who's only 13. And I mean, I, I this isn't an episode. This really isn't. This isn't a typical episode. This is an opportunity for me to just share with you all how I'm feeling emotionally and why this loss is devastating to me. Because the truth of the matter is, I didn't know Kobe Bryant, right? Like, And he wasn't my favorite player. He wasn't my favorite celebrity, per se. Um, but why did a good die young? And he was good. Regardless of whatever people want to say, what was he good for? Was he good for you? Was he good for me? I don't know the true answer to that, but there was some good that was felt all throughout the world. This is a transnational tragedy. And whether you believe him to be it or not, Kobe Bryant was a transnational. He was a one of the definitions of a true transnational. He was multilingual. He was raised in Italy. Immigrated to the United States, maintained ties with Italy, spoke seven languages, including Serbian, Spanish, Italian, French. This was a man that was a cosmopolitan and and and, and, and did exactly what he wanted to do. I mean, the definition of willing your way to success, the last of a rare breed when it came to mindset mind over matter this dude was amazing you know and and I'm going to try to talk about it from a transnational standpoint what it meant to me as a young boy who just migrated to the United States in 1997 and what it means for me now as a man who is a father who has you know another baby on the way who has a daughter and you know had looked to see someone like Kobe who took pride in supporting sports and women in sports and wanting to be able to to put that on a bigger stage and 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 not caring what type of gender you were but trying to maximize the potential that's a beautiful thing that was taken away from us unexpectedly and and again I'm not trying to necessarily just center this on Kobe because this is more about the good that die young and there's still seven other family I mean seven other people that passed away and whose family members have to piece their lives together for the rest of their lives and we have to keep that in the back of our mind you know but Sunday is one of those it's one is going to be remembered as one of those days where you're going to you're going to remember where you were at when you heard of the death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter of Gigi and it's always going to hit us. I mean, this is unfortunately like on, almost on the same level as Princess Diana. You know, just like uh, of MJ, like Michael Jackson, and even Whitney Houston, especially in the black community. 
Um, so I'll try to talk about what it means from a sports level, what it means from even off the court. And I mean, just the whole concept of how we are grieving and um, the, the mental health of, of a lot of black men expressing emotion, the good and the bad of that, you know, and um, and just how we can move forward from this, because I don't know, you know, I don't have the answer per se. But what are the lessons, what are the takeouts we can we can make of this? How do we make make this make sense? You know, and, and I'm going to try to talk through all of that. But I, I'll first start just from the sports angle. Because for those who may not know me, I'm a really, really big sports fan. I love sports. If I wasn't doing this, if I didn't get my PhD in, in community health or have a passion for transnationalism, culture, health, and health disparities, I would be a sports commentator or a radio host for a sports talk show. Those who know me personally know that I can talk sports for hours. I'm well-versed in it. I know stats. I know, like, strat the strategy, the stratagem of it. And I appreciate a beautiful sports mind. It's one of the best things about me. <laughs> like, I have to, have to say if I do say so. And so, I mean, I've always, my life has been centered around sports because sports has been my escape. And Kobe Bryant was a huge part of that, especially through my adolescent years until my, you know, young adulthood. When, when you know, from a transnational perspective, I want us to not underrate the impact that sports have on a lot of us. Those of you who are born here or those who were born in the motherland and migrated here at a young age or even in an older age. A lot of immigrants look for ways to acculturate by not necessarily losing your culture, but a way to still feel connected to something. And sports is an easy way to do that. Once you start to learn the game, you gain an appreciation of it. You look at a lot of these stars now in the current NBA, Joel Embiid, Giannis Adetokounmpo, who is Nigerian and Greek, another transnational we'll talk about in the future. But a lot of them barely knew about basketball but were influenced when they see people like Kobe Bryant when they see Michael Jordan they're like yo this is this is amazing like I want to do with that like I'm tall I'm lanky I want to do that like I want to be him right and that was what that's the beautiful thing about basketball maybe compared to any other sport is that you can have some longevity and there's some coolness to basketball that's very attractive when basketball is played right when you have five players who are doing what they're supposed to do, or you have one player who's just incredibly head above shoulders, I should say, above everyone, and very talented doing their thing, it is a beautiful sport to watch. It's a beautiful game. And, you know, I can say the same thing about baseball to some, but not everybody connects with baseball. Not everybody can connect long enough with football because a lot of the star players don't last long because of the, the injuries that take place. Unless you're a quarterback, you know, there's a short a short shelf life for football players, American football players, right? So when it comes down to it, it's really between – and then hockey is really about Russia, Canada, some parts of America, and that's about it. And then you have, you know, golf, which is more so a retired man's game. There are some young stars in the golf game, but there's a certain privilege that people have to have in order to play golf, right? Like, so – it's not for everyone. Not everyone can connect to that. You can't just find a golf course anywhere. You can't just find a baseball field anywhere. But basketball was something that no matter what your level is, no matter what your socioeconomic status is, no matter what country you're in, 
you can find a way to get a ball through a hoop, right? And and that's the reason why basketball to this very day is by far the most successful next to soccer or football, as most people internationally would call it. It's, it's up there as an impactful sport. It's on the rise globally. And Kobe Bryant was one of the OGs, was one of the central figures in this sport. When I came to the United States in 1997, I firmly thought that this city called Chicago was called the Chicago Bulls. I didn't know about no other I didn't know about the Chicago Bears. I didn't know about the Chicago White Sox who I now love to death. I didn't even know about the Cubs and I still don't care about the Cubs. But I didn't know about any of that. I thought Chicago was called the Chicago Bulls because of Michael Jordan, because I knew he lived here. Or at least this was 98, so yeah, this was like his last years here, right? So I asked my mom there, like, is this place called the Chicago Bulls? And she was like, no, <laughs> this is just Chicago, right? But in my mind, as a young eight-year-old, I thought this was Chicago Bulls. And somewhere in that town, Michael Jordan, this is his village. Like, this is where he's from. This is this is town. He run it, right? And 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 to some degree, there's some truth to it, you know, because he was he was idolized all throughout the city. From shoes to clothes to jerseys to that hoop earring, everybody loved MJ, right? And so being in Chicago, I start to immerse myself in basketball, and I develop a love for the sport. I develop, uh, I start to learn about the other sports as well. But you know, there's something about basketball, especially in 1998. You start to, you know, you watch the NBA Finals, Chicago Bulls versus Utah Jazz, Jordan's last game, ends his career with a final shot. Now. That was a, a, a impactful moment for the city. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to make this connection as to how Kobe Bryant ties into this, right? Because now Jordan retires and everybody's looking for the next MJ. Who can be the next Michael Jordan? Who can be the second coming of him, right? And you have all these other guards who are doing things, but then you have someone like Kobe Bryant who, you know, came into the league when coming out of high school to play basketball, go straight to the NBA was not considered cool. Right, like Kobe Bryant and KG Kevin Garnett were one of the few to do this before then. It was like Moses Malone, and he came in and he was doing his thing with the LA Lakers and playing with Shaq. Where Shaq was still the the main star then, he was rising, and he was impressive. And everybody was like, okay, he might be the second coming of Jordan, but whatever, he's not gonna do it for long. He just baby Jordan, whatever. He ain't gonna last because a lot of people have tried and failed. Again, like I said, this isn't meant to be just the educational, my black is transnational info. This is me just talking to you all and letting you know what I know. There are tons of people that tried to be MJ and failed. Michael Finley, Jerry Stackhouse, they had good careers, but they could not live up to the same type of demeanor, demeanor that MJ had. They could not accomplish what he did. But Kobe Bryant was the closest. And for a lot of dudes who lived in Chicago... Kobe Bryant made people feel some type of way. It made a lot of Jordan's fans upset because there's a lot of loyalty to Michael Jordan. There's a lot of loyalty to Michael Jordan. Let's not stunt. I don't like MJ personally because once I learned about who he was outside of the game, I learned he's a little he's a little bit of a jerk. And even in his retirement speech, he's a little bit of a jerk. But it is what it is. And Kobe Bryant made me annoyed at the point, though. At that time, I was still loyal to MJ as well because of my affinity to Chicago. And 
I was like, who is this dude trying to be like MJ, chewing the gum, sticking the tongue out, trying to do the fadeaway shot like Jordan? Like, man, forget this dude, G. Like, he a wannabe. Like, he can't be Jordan. Like, there's this want for us to not want to have anybody else be better than Jordan, right? So Kobe Bryant comes into the game, and and he's thriving, wins three championships, even has Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan's former coach, as his head coach. And they win three championships. They, they're close to winning. You know, they have another back-to-back three or two. So it's like, this is like Michael Jordan's career all over again. So a lot of people were not feeling Kobe, right? And I personally wasn't either. He was not my favorite player. Especially those early years, he was not my favorite player. Did not like this dude, right? And, you know, and I, and I, and I loved Tracy McGrady. Like, I was a big fan of super high-flying dudes, shooting guards, small forwards, who can ball. I loved Paul Pierce, right? Like, I did everybody but Kobe. I didn't care, right? I was such a hater. He was a villain. He was a villain for me. And the truth of the matter is, in sports, you need to have a villain. For people who watch WWE or watch wrestling, you understand the importance of having a heel. You need somebody to target your, just to root against, to make another person feel like it's worth rooting for. That's the whole beauty of sports. To create rivalries, to create some type of competitive spirit that makes you want to focus on something and make you want to exhaust your energy rooting for it to prosper. To believe that God is on your side when God should be on all of everybody's side. It doesn't matter, right? So Kobe Bryant comes into the picture in my life because I'm seeing his wannabe Michael Jordan. And I'm like, who is this clown? He can't do it. But lo and behold, he's doing it. He's doing it very well, right? And then you start to learn more about him on the court. And you realize that Kobe is a jerk, just like Jordan. A competitive, just over-competitive dude. Right. And so I start to really like, you know, not care too much. But there was some admiration to the point that he didn't care what you thought. He didn't. Kobe didn't give a care. Get the bag, get the ring, get the championship. He will he will clown. He will throw his own teammate under the bus if he came off soft. That's the problem between him and Shaq. That was a huge thing, too. Right. Kobe was a divisive figure and it was good for the NBA. It made you want to pay attention to him. What is he going to do next? So I grew up not liking him. And I have to say that he wasn't my favorite player initially. right? But then I think as he transitioned into from number 8 to 24 and became the Black Mamba. right? Because I think the first part of his career, he really did spend some time trying to emulate Jordan. And I think at some point, he shifted his mindset. Shaq left. He became the sole figure on the team, and he transitioned from just being this 17-year-old kid who was there playing ball and in, in, in the face, in the center of Hollywood, playing for the L.A. Lakers, which is one of the more storied franchises in the United States. And in the world, shoot, if, if I have to be honest, being able to hold his own and, and make a name for himself and be one with L.A., and he transitioned to the Black Mamba. And that's when you start to see... The Kobe mentality take effect. It wasn't just trying to be, you know, a a loved figure on the screen, on the court. Kobe didn't care what you thought. But his mentality was pushed through. You either compete on the same level as me or you get out of my way. And that's why I think Kobe's one of the few rare breeds. 
He's the last of a rare breed of not tough guys because we've seen Toby. I mean, we've seen Kobe get clocked. <laughs> I mean, if everybody knows about the fight he had in Philly when he got knocked out by Chris Childs. It was yeah. But anyway, um, Kobe transitioned into that Black Mamba mindset, and that that second phase of his basketball career was when I started to really understand what he was about. You know, because I then I began to grow and mature, right? A lot of me and my boys would have conversations around, you know, sports and sports figures. And this is why I speak so highly of sports. And I'm spending a huge portion of this talking, this this podcast talking about sports because, again, sports saved my life. Like, I could have been doing anything on them streets. I could have found ways to be you know, rebellious and stuff, but I really love sports and I focused on it and I, and I hung around dudes who loved it just as much as I did. And we talked about it and it entertained us and it kept us away from doing a lot of bad shit. We really just really wanted to watch games and talk about it and read the newspaper and, and look at standings and look at stats and talk about the possibilities of our team doing this to that, you know, like, so it was a huge time consumer. It was a it was amazing. Those I mean, it was good times, and I mean, like especially for me because I didn't have you know when I came home, my parents were really strict, so I had to find ways to stay entertained, and that's when I started to fall in love with sports radio, and I would listen to it as an eleven year old boy all the way till now. I would listen to sports radio every day on my way to school, on my way back, six seventy to score, ESPN one thousand, Chicago, whatever I could do to get my hands on sports information, I would do it. I would take the sun, I would read the Sun Times every. Every day going to school, I would pay 50 cents at the um, J.J. Peppers when I lived up north um, and, and, and get a newspaper. And me and my boy Peter would, would talk about the stats, you know, and we would, we would talk about the White Sox, everything. So, like, sports is a big thing, all right? But anyway, so with Kobe Bryant, the second phase of his life, you start to see that Black Mamba mentality. And that mentality was really about pushing through, overcoming your limits, and truly doing whatever it takes on that professional on that professional level. If that's your goal, you go get it. No excuses. And to me, I found that inspiring. And I was so looking forward to the second half of his life after retirement because that's when I really got to know the beautiful mind that Kobe Bryant was. That man is brilliant. And he is by far one of the greatest overachievers that we will ever see. And that's by no means a bad thing. He maximized his talent. He maximized every bit of talent. Every morsel of it. He maximized it to get whatever he could. To get the best out of himself. And get the best out of others. If they were willing to give the effort. And that's something that's very rare. Because a lot of dudes do not want to do that nowadays. Sometimes including myself. Where you maximize every inch of talent you have. Making sure it goes unwasted. And with that, he overachieved and did had an amazing career. Top five all-time basketball players. He made it happen. Kobe was not the most, the most athletic player. He wasn't the best shooter. Wasn't the best dribbler. Like... He was, but he worked. That man worked, and he's the definition of work. He willed his way to legendary status just through sheer will. I mean, like, 
people listen to stories of Rumpelstiltskin and an old girl who had to who had to try to you know turn straw to gold. I truly believe the will of Kobe could have. He would have died trying. That's how crazy he was. I mean, there's stories if you look it up, if you read about it. This man had a bum shoulder, right shoulder, didn't tell nobody, and played an entire game with only his left because he wanted to will his team to victory, and he was damn near good. He dropped 81 points. He dropped 81 points. No one has done that since Wilt Chamberlain back in like the 70s and 60s. He dropped 81 points. And mind you, each quarter is like 12 minutes. In 48 minutes, he dropped 81 points. And they needed every single one of it. His team, like, that's the dedication. That's the definition of Will. So, I was like, man, like, after seeing him retire and really starting to learn about him, I realized that this man has a beautiful mind. He would talk about basketball in a way that people who truly appreciate sports, they get it. He would explain his will, the push, the drive, the motivation as to what what moved him to want to be the best that he can be. He became a symbol of motivation. Kobe system, Mamba mentality. I mean, all these things... They, they, they started to, there were ways that young brothers in the hood, young boys like myself growing up at the time, they would use that as fuel to drive them to not take, not take mediocrity and be, and accept it, not be complacent with it, not be satisfied with mediocrity, to maximize everything that you can do wherever you are, Mamba mentality, that's what it was, I mean, so from a sports angle, Kobe became transitioned, I should say. He transformed from uh, a figure of of disdain from somebody that I despised because I just wanted nobody to be like Jordan to somebody that I started to admire and respect. I respected his game. I respected his mind. I respected his will. And he became somebody that inspired me. And he became the OG. I mean, he's the type of person you start to learn about him. He was a mentor. He was somebody that wanted to make others better, make his teammates around him better, make other up-and-coming stars that he saw potential in. He wanted to share his knowledge. He wanted them to be better. And that's how I started to emulate the way I go about doing things, the way I go about mentoring, the way I go about taking care of those who I see potential in and trying to uplift, trying to uplift those who I believe needed it. I wanted them to have that mentality. I wanted to have the Mamba mentality myself. I wanted to push through. I wanted to push through beyond any limits that I set for myself. Right? And then, you know, we start to transition into Kobe the father. And that's when things start to get more beautiful and more personal to me. Because Kobe had four daughters. Right? And the irony is that, you know, he got hit with this case for sexual assault. And, you know, and that was a huge stain on his career. Maybe not as huge stain as it would have been now nowadays, but it was a huge stain in his career at that point. And he worked through that, and he really made amends for it. I mean, not to say he also gave his wife a huge rock. But anyway, um, it was a it was a big thing, right? And, you know, he, he drew some ire from, sparked the ire of some people. And um, 
he ended up with four daughters, which I think is just the ultimate karma, right? Like the ultimate karma as far as having four daughters, especially when you've been hit with a sexual assault. And he embraced it. He embraced his um, his adversity and took it on and made amends for it. And he became a champion, not just for for women, not just for what he called girl dads, right? For fathers of, of daughters. He didn't care whether he had a son or not. He just wanted to be able to like, love his kids and be there for him because for those who don't know i i play nba 2k right and kobe was a guest on nba 2k for um i think it was 2019 if not 2018 and if and it's crazy because i mean nobody some people don't play but if you you don't even have to play it to just listen to his conversation uh and you will hear his commentary and he talks about his experience as far as missing a lot of time with his kids and what that meant to him, right? He wanted his kids to see him work. He wanted his kids to see him grind. He wanted his kids to see what he did while he wake up, woke up at 5 in the morning and went to the gym and shot. Or why he stayed late after a game, good or bad, and kept the Staples Center light on so he can continue to shoot more shots. He wanted his kids to see how dedicated he was. But to be the greatest in anything, there's a sacrifice you make. And he sacrificed spending time with his kids. So he wanted to compensate for that. And he speaks on that, and he did that, right? He, he committed a lot of time being a family man, and he got out of basketball for a minute. It wasn't really until his daughter, Gigi, really started to gain that love for basketball, right? Initially, she wanted to be a gymnast, and she then grew a love for basketball, and that's when that spark in him, that love to come back to basketball really really happened that's when it ignited because then you start to see Kobe Bryant in more basketball games more LA Laker games right and in between that that man went and went to go make a movie a short a short film and he got an Oscar on his first try when we talk about overachieving that's just what I mean right there but anyway he takes his you know his daughter and starts to involve her in the game he starts to expose her and share his passion and speak that language that he's so brilliantly fluent in and shares it with her and she starts to develop a passion for it. Right? And that's one of the most beautiful things that a father can have. And I can say that personally. Like, I love baseball. I love it a lot. Like, I love my White Sox. And one thing that I do want for my daughter, and it may never happen, that I want my daughter or my future son to have that same love of sports specifically baseball that i do i take my daughter to the park i teach her how to swing i teach her how to throw a ball like i want her to be this amazing switch hitting softball slash baseball player and i want her to be the best that i can be so i can only imagine and relate to what kobe felt when his daughter started to gain an interest in basketball and really want to learn it and i mean he went all out he, he, there's a, there's a meme or not a meme, but there was a meme and a video. You see Kobe talking to his daughter while they're watching the game courtside, and that's just an example of many other, many other instances where he's trying to share wisdom that he's learned through his upbringing, and his, you know, his success in in basketball and sports, and it starts to reflect and he starts to show in Gigi's game, and for those who knew, like Kobe was a huge champion for women's sports for the WNBA, for women's college sports. There are tons of WNBA players who talk about Kobe's influence on them. Kobe didn't care. Like, Kobe just want people to be great. 
he would hit people up on their DMs. He would message them, try to share words of encouragement. And again, when I talk about that mentorship, like that's the type of person I am. Like, and I emulated that because I wanted to be that OG, that that sharing knowledge with people, that sharing information with people. Like, yeah, man, this is what I can do to make sure you're better. Like, I'm all about greater than yourself. Like, if I can make you great, if I can help make you great, then I want to do that, right? And it was it was so cool to see that he was doing that, that he believed in those philosophies as much as I did. Right, so you hear testimonies from a lot of these WNBA players who are doing these things, who are and and then attributing it to Kobe's encouragement, right? And then his daughter, of course, he's going all the way in for her. And if you watch highlights of Gigi, she's a beast. She is a beast. She has the same mannerisms, that dog mentality on the court, Mamba mentality on the court. Like I'm here to destroy. And then when she gets off the court, she's a regular 13 year old girl, but. It's just amazing to just see the effort, and it's so sad to just see that it was all taken for us from us, because she was about to go to UConn. Like University of Connecticut had their eye on her; it was already done. And for those again who don't know about University of Connecticut, when it comes to their women's basketball team, go look it up. Legendary, they are a factory of successful WNBA stars. Right, so. Gigi was on her way to Connecticut. She was on her way to UConn to be a Husky. And to not see that happen sucks. To not see that second coming of Kobe Bryant in a form of another gender, oh, it sucks. And again, like I said, as a father of a daughter and of a son who's to come, you know, you just you just hope to have a, a child who shares that passion and wants to be great, if not greater than you. And that's what she wanted. You know, they died on their way to a basketball game. He was a coach for them. So this second phase of what Kobe was going to be, that was who I was looking to admire. That's who I was looking to to be that next level figure for me because he was no longer that asshole. He no longer needed to be that 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 jerk on the court that that was that was not caring about making friends, not caring about being buddy buddy, not caring about being cool enough to be a star, he just wanted to win. And then once he won, and once he left out on top, because he left his last game, he dropped 60 points. Once he left, he let his guards down. And he was able to let us know who he really was. And that's when you start to learn about the transnationalism. right? Because Kobe was not just a dude from the hood or a dude from a low SES community. He grew up in Philly. But Kobe was born in Italy. He was raised in Italy. He speaks like seven languages, like I mentioned. He spoke. He speaks, including Serbian. He focused on being well, well versed in other people's culture, other people's languages. That's why I say it's a transnational tragedy, because we have a a black man who was transnational, who was a global icon, who used his his platform to to engage and and make other people all across the world feel inspired and motivated like i said a lot of immigrants come in and they're looking for something to connect to and they connected to kobe they connected to jordan they connected to lebron it made them want to sit down and just watch they may not know everything on a deeper level but they watched and were entertained and sometimes sports takes the pain away when you're able to see somebody take off and and do what they're good at and and show how talented they are. It's a really, really true thing. It's 
I mean, it's it's tough, y'all. I mean, um, I'm, I know I'm, I've just been going on, on and on, and, and that's what this is about. But I'm speaking my truth. You know, he he was amazing. And it's crazy because the death of Kobe Bryant. Man. Wow. You know, the death of Kobe Bryant, it really. Death makes you realize how human people are. You know, but, but once we start to think about his life, we realize how superhuman he was, despite the fact that he was human. He did a lot of things. His impact was superhuman. His mindset was superhuman. The will to win, the will to achieve and overachieve was not human, y'all. And that's what made him special. It's it's it sucks, y'all. It sucks that it was taken away so soon. You know, and and twenty twenty has just been been off to a rough start. I mean, it you you see the impact of of this man's death among others because you see a lot of dudes. No matter how tough you are, no matter how much of a of a gangster, whatever. No matter where you're from or what your culture asks for you as a man or whatever, you 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 were moved. You were reset. You 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 got in touch with your nerves. You realized that you're human and you have feelings. And a lot of dudes cried, including myself. And like I said, I don't know Kobe from Adam or Eve. I don't know him from anybody. But I cried because I realized that when I start to think about my life and I shared it with you as I just did, and I shared it with my wife as well. You know, it, he was part of my life. Because sports was part of my life. And he was a huge part of that. And then the transition out of that to a fatherhood. Because I already had that connection with him. That transition to fatherhood became even more important for me and my life. Because it was good to see that transition. And we were all excited to see what was next. What was the next thing he was going to do. Because he became this godfather-like figure. Kobe come up to an all-star game. Kobe come up to a Laker game. Kobe come up to any basketball game. He the OG. You're looking for wisdom. You're looking for knowledge. You're looking for motivation. And it's all gone. Man. You know, and, and, and again, prayers up to the other families um, of those who struggle. And, 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 and prayers up to his, to his wife. Because it sucks to find, find out the death of your husband or, or your child through TMZ. Like he didn't they I mean I'm pretty sure they didn't get any call from what I'm being told like he they found out through TMZ like the reports are coming out saying that you know this man is dead and you're not getting no calls from nobody else you're seeing this while you're scrolling through social media that your family member your daughter has passed away your husband is gone oh my heart my heart my heart it it kills me because I can't even imagine. I can't imagine it. You know, it just makes you really think like this life, my man, this life, gee, this life, my geez. Oof, I'm all, this thing is crazy. We can't take it for granted. And I know it shouldn't have to be this. This shouldn't be the price that has to be paid in order for us to realize that we have to appreciate our loved ones, that the things we do that we think are routine are very, very fragile 
And it's the blessings of whoever you believe is above or whoever you believe makes things come through or come true as well is what what keeps us safe. Because, man, this guy has been on a helicopter for donkey years and just doing it regularly again. And he's gone. His daughter is gone. Other families are gone. Wow. And again, you know, it makes a lot of a lot of black men. Again, I think I posted this on Instagram, but a lot of black men have been told, hey, look, you know, y'all don't express your feelings or whatever your emotions. And Sunday was that day. I mean, we all felt it. We all felt it. And, you know, this man, again, there's there's something about it to be 17 years old. To have a will and a, and, a, and, a, and a way to the NBA and, and spend over 20 years and to have two jerseys retired, to have two phases of your life acknowledged and recognized, and then to move on from retirement to this new phase where he was not just, you know, a coach, but he was an entrepreneur. He was starting to create academies, the Mamba Academy. I mean, he was starting to do other things for young black boys and girls in trying to be able to shape the future. Using his platform as a global icon to try to make a difference for people who look like us. That's the beauty. That's what this transnationalism should be about. Trying to be able to create a system where you can uplift your brothers and sisters because you have multiple connections nationally, internationally. You have multiple skills, multiple cultural competencies on different levels. And you're trying to use that for the betterment of your own people and others. Right? Um... Kobe was good in any hood. You knew that. And he took advantage of that for the betterment of others. Same thing we talked about with Nipsey Hussle 10 months ago. And here we are again. It sucks. It just, it really sucks. You know, why do the, why do the good die young? And I just don't know. This has been, it's been crazy. Been, it's been tough, um, but I but I do hope that we use this opportunity to to let all that stuff go. I think that's that's the redundant message that we've been hearing, and the truth is constant. We gotta let all that beef go because you just never know. It's not promised. Again, you know, and just recently I hear of another close, you know colleague friend of mine that I went to undergrad with passed away on the same day like people are dying and and they're good people dying for what for why we can't take this life for granted there's there's something to be said about letting shit go there's something to be said about speaking your truth you know, the truth of the matter is that a lot of people try to be cool. Sometimes you're too cool for your own fucking life. You're too cool for your own life. And because of that, because of that cool factor that we try to instill in our DNA, that we try to instill in the DNA of our children, that cool sometimes, it, it capitulates us. It creates a cap on our potential because now you begin to be worried about what other people think. You care about what other people think about you and your success, and you cannot reach your ceiling because you don't want to be, you don't want to break that glass. You don't want to, 
you don't want to come off as different. And not different in a way that makes you acceptable. Again, Kobe was the last of a rare breed because he didn't care. Being different, it didn't matter. I don't need your friendship. You're going to respect me. You're going to respect my work. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what excuses you got. You're going to respect this work and you're going to get this work. I don't care about being cool. I'll be cool later. And that's the mentality. That's a huge part of the Mamba mentality. That's a huge part of Kobe's system. And that's something that I think we need to take with us. A lot of people across across the globe are impacted by this, including myself. And again, I was trying to make reason as to why. And as I processed this earlier and I processed it with myself and I processed it with you all again in different iterations, the man did it. The man, he, 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 he let us feel his impact. The friendship came later. The respect came first. And that's why I think we're going to miss him a lot. And... That's why, as a father, I want to be better. I want to be a huge advocate and proponent and a fan of my children and other young people and my mentees. This is why I want to do that because I know that I have a certain skill and I know I have certain gifts and talent. And I want to maximize it. And I don't want to care about what other people think all the time. I can't pretend that I don't care what people think because I wouldn't be the caring person I was if I didn't care. But I want to be able to pick and choose when it matters most. And at this time, it does matter most what people think about me because I care about them. When it comes to my work, I don't care because I'm going to maximize my talent. But I want the ones that I love to know that I love them. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better person all around because... I don't want my talent to go unwasted. I don't want my gifts to go unwasted. That's one of the greatest sins that we can we can put on this earth is to have our talents wasted. Don't do that, y'all. Try your very best to maximize each and every day. I think it'd be a fallacy. It'd be fake to try to see and be like, yo, live, live every day like your last. I don't believe in that. But I do believe in giving your best. Being as transparent as possible to yourself and to others. Showing love. Not being too cool for love. Not being too cool to tell your peoples, no matter the gender, no matter if they conform or not, whatever. Let them know you love them. I do. Like I, I sincerely believe we have to let go of that. And again, for somebody who who came into this country at a young as a young boy and acculturated himself and, 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 and tried to make something out of his life, try to make his parents proud, try to make his family proud. You know, I've I've come to learn some of the, the, the jewels of life definitely involve leaving it all out there for everybody to know who you really are, for everybody to know how you really feel about your goals, about your dreams, about other people. That's the beauty in this life. Because we don't know what's next. We don't know what the next chapter is. We have our certain beliefs. And you have to have faith in it. That's what makes a religion. But we don't really know. But what we do know is that we have the opportunity and the potential to impact others. Whether it's 
quietly through our actions or through our words. But we have to do it with love. Love wins, y'all. I mean, it sounds corny. But love really does win. Or at least love lasts when you're gone. When you're gone, the love does last. And when I'm gone, I want to be remembered as somebody who gave all that he could for other people to be better. If not better than themselves, but better than me and be their best selves. That's all I can ask for in this world. But the good die young. So we need to we need to appreciate their lives while they're here. Because you never know when it's going to go. <sighs> y'all, I, I, I thank you all for listening to me. If you lasted this long, thank you. Um, I just wanted to vent. I wanted to share my thoughts and feelings. I wanted people to understand that this is not just, this podcast is not just about, you know, I know there's some things about being transnational and, and having guests on the show who enlighten us about certain things, but sports matter, and this goes deeper than sports. But the loss of Kobe Bryant is a transnational tragedy because a lot of people on a global level who are black, who identified with him, who look like him, I lost for words and I'm just glad that I was able to find my words tonight and share this with you so I love you all I I hope that you all enjoyed listening to me or took something out of this um, you can definitely find this on any of your favorite podcast listening apps you can also follow me on Instagram or um, you can email me but you can follow me on Instagram at black transnational underscore you can follow this podcast at black transnational podcast on Instagram and uh, just thank you so much and I hope that you all take this time to reflect and think about life pray for those who are with you pray for those who are not with you check on those you love reset and let and let let it come first let that love come first and let it out for my black brothers don't be too proud to express yourself, find an outlet. For my black sisters and others, check on us, bros. Check on those brothers who grew up idolizing Kobe, who looked at Kobe as a beacon. Like, check on us, talk to us, talk with us, sit down and listen to us. It's important. We need y'all. We need y'all in this trying times. I'm not ashamed to say that. Whether you cared about sports or celebrity or whatever, it's not about that. This is about love, y'all. When I found out about Kobe Bryant dying, I mean, I, I was sitting on, on a couch got a notification didn't even think about it and and it, and it shocked me I jumped I made noise and, and I'm just glad that I had a, an amazing wife who who was immune to my to my to my making noise about sport news but understood that this hit me different and sat down with me and talked to me so again please you know check on us we need y'all um this is about love so for real uh, my name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts my black is transnational and I hope by the end of this Yours will be too. Peace.